We've talked a number of times over the last year about the process of Jen and I buying our own separate commercial spaces. Our motivation and goals were different, and we both got what we wanted. In Jen's case, she's restoring a beautiful historic building, invigorating a part of her downtown by creating pop-up summer concerts and a beautiful place for object-based art to be shared with the community. Now that she's more than six months in, I thought it would be great to check in on lessons learned. And that's what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Well, this is a very fancy one. I've got some London dry gin and a little bit of vermouth. Can you guess? It's a dry martini. <laughs> With a green olive for garnish, of course, and a little bit of cracked ice in there. Well, not in the glass, but for prep. Yeah. You can't, you can't go wrong with a martini. I do like mine, uh, even with a little olive brine in it. I like a dirty martini too. Oh, I do too. And the funny thing about this is we spend so much time with sort of complicated drinks that have lots of flavors in them. And this is just a simple, simple guy. And, uh, you've got to drink it slowly. Yes, you do. It's a sipper for sure. So Jen, why do you think we're pairing a dry martini, a very simple but sophisticated drink, with a conversation about um, what this commercial building downtown means for you, for the downtown, for Nelson? Probably because this beautiful building was designed in 1967 and that just feels right and mad menish. How does that sound? I like that answer. That's perfect. <laughs> There's always a little Easter egg back there when, we, when you consider what cocktails get paired with what conversations. That's true, but I I definitely couldn't keep up with Don Draper when it comes to drinking, (laughs) nor should I want to. No, that's not not an aspiration. Um, I want to just talk through a little bit. I know um, we've talked about our buildings in different contexts before, really about what it meant for us and why that was a good strategy for us, but I want to talk about how it's going for you. Um, I know you still have some build out going on on the second floor where Redhead is located, but talk to me about downstairs, what's going on on the inside and what's going on on the outside. Sure. Well, getting the gallery up and running actually was remarkably easier than we thought. Uh, Luckily, the building was beautiful and the sort of the main drag, the consumer space, the retail space just needed a little bit of shine and love to be up and running, which is fantastic. Um, we are located in the heart of downtown Lansing, which has been pretty hard hit from a retail standpoint, um, through COVID. So we are learning what it's like to invent a retail space in the middle of a pandemic when there's not a lot of foot traffic. Um, it's been interesting. And, and because of that, we've sort of put some extra effort into, making a little bit of noise. And that's when you talk about um, what's happening on the streetscape. Once a week this summer, we invited artists over to perform just live music on the street just for fun. Uh, We were very lucky to get a grant for that from the desk drawer fund. They paid for it. They believe arts and culture are important. And it, it just sort of helped us sort of articulate the type of space we want to fill over the course of time. So, just for those, and, and it's been a fantastic concert series. There has been a wide variety of genres that you've brought in. But just for those who aren't sure who um, the Desk Drawer Fund is, tell us um, who's behind that. 
Sure. That is the foundation that is supported. That is the foundation that supports the MSU FCU community. And so the MSU FCU and Oakland University credit unions, um, they found that lots of their um, employees like to philanthropically give, lots of their members like to philanthropically give. And so they decided to build a foundation that was geared toward doing that in the best way possible. And um, since we have some colleagues over there, we asked if they'd be interested in helping us fund this new endeavor. And they uh, made sure that we had enough funds to be able to bring in a band once a week, because as someone who works in the arts knows, um, asking someone to do their art for exposure is not okay. And we also know that art can fill a space in a way no other activity can. And getting art into your downtown is a key placemaking endeavor. So it's great because the MSU FCU has a branch right across the street. So their employees got to enjoy it and their members got to enjoy it too. And you're right, the art fills a space like no other. So you've got beautiful object-based art inside. You've got music filling the streets on the outside. This summer, um, the Downtown Lansing um, Inc. created a social district so people can kind of roam the streets and go from place to place as they choose. But I just really want to give you props for what you've done to really embrace your downtownness now that you've moved and really embrace that community. I know you're also serving on the board of Downtown Lansing Inc., which is also a really important commercial association function. So I just want to give you props for all your amazing placemaking activities. That's just a, a, a piece, almost an unintended consequence of being downtown. Maybe. Well, first of all, thank you. I, th I think what I would say about that, um, you and I, when our businesses were younger, lived through building a neighborhood, of course. And so we know what it's like, you know, even as well as I do, what it's like to move into a building when there's nothing else around yes. and to be in a neighborhood when it's not yet ready. But you also know how exciting and fun that is, right? When you see neighborhoods pop up and you see people pitch it together to build something that's not there. And so, um, I'm just excited that we are going to live through this resurgence that I know is coming uh, because there's some excellent people around here making that happen. And um, I think it's really fucked in. So if, you know, you could either be somebody who opens the doors and assumes someone's going to do the work for you, or you can be the one to pitch in and do the work and invite people along. And I know that um, whether you're using your mind and being a really strategic thinker or whether you're using your getting your hands dirty and doing the work yourself. You're not afraid to do either one of those things and you're good at both. Um, I have a question for you though, speaking of hard work, you aren't afraid to ask for help either. Um, when you were curating the gallery, you even said uh, it went together easier than we thought, but you, you had some really smart people uh, working with you as well. Yeah, this is a, like a story of partnerships. I know it's, it's, we've been really lucky. I mean, as I mentioned, the space was beautiful. We didn't have to do much to make it beautiful. Um, and we we knew that the space would serve the neighborhood best and the space itself would be served best if we had some sort of retail component. And so we reached out. I reached out to a very old dear friend, Barbara Dilovich, um, who you've known forever and I've known forever. And she brought in her friends and they brought in their friends and poof, we had a gallery. And I don't, like, it, it's not that easy, of course, but... I knew an art gallery would be something that would be useful and not in the same way as a very formal art gallery that has formal shows, more of a retail space, 
but a space for beautiful art. But I am not an expert in art by any stretch of the imagination. And so the first thing I had to do is ask for help. Is this a good idea? How would I go about it? Where would I start? So in some ways, it's interesting because it's humbling for somebody who's been in business over 20 years to realize that there's lots that they don't know and they are a novice in a new area. Um, but on the flip side, it's really exciting to be able to reach out to people you know and say, hey, I've got an idea. Will you help me? And they're happy to and sharing their wealth and mentoring you along the way. We were just very fortunate that artists who you know, have lots of years of talent under their belt were willing to take a shot on someone new who is a novice in a space that is unproven um, just out of the goodness of their heart and the idea that something could be fun and something could work. So we were lucky with that. And then you add in the support from Downtown Lansing, Inc. You know, we have an exec, we've got an amazing executive director down here, Kathleen Edgerly, who is such a cheerleader and a navigator and just someone who's ready to get things done and help you succeed. And I'm not saying that just, just about Nelson, but about everybody who decides to locate down here. So I think that the fact that I needed so much help was a bit of a surprise to me because as a business owner, I mostly can get things done. Mm -hmm. um, but it was also delightful that those people are there, that there are so many people who are just willing to help if you have an idea. Yeah. Well, and in fairness, I just want to back up. Asking for help is always something that can be hard, but if you know how to do it and you know the right people to ask, it just elevates the whole thing. But what I'm going to say is they probably also said yes, yeah. because they, they said, we know Jen. Product, maybe. Product, placement, price. You're an expert. I suppose, maybe. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I have learned a lot about asking for help. And um, I, what I, you know, it's interesting to me how comfortable I am saying, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. Because, you know, when you're young in your career, you have a hard time sometimes saying you don't know. We've talked about this before, mm -hmm. how easy it is to want to fake it until you make it. And we've talked about that before, but this time I just didn't, I didn't fake it. I just said, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. That's right. And then we've also done, we did a strategy series on like the making of the brand, but, but let's just talk through that real quick. Um, since you got to do this from scratch, much like we've gotten to do with the podcast, talk to me about how Nelson was, the brand was born. Sure. There's kind of two stories there. The first one, of course, is deciding on the brand. And I think that's what we talked about a little bit. Of course, we named it after the architect who designed the space because he's quite famous and has quite a pedigree, um, brought in a specific typography designer to make the logo. And then our design director here has taken that and run with it and built it into its whole personality. But the thing I find the most interesting is Many of our clients, when we are doing branding projects with them, they are an existing entity. Um, they have they have been in business for a while or been around, and they're trying to refresh and update, but they already have their brand. So as you know, your brand is your reputation. It's what people expect you to deliver. It's their opinion of you. People like to say it's what they say about you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're building a new entity, you have none of that. It's there's There are no expectations. There are no assumptions. There is nothing to hang your hat on. So you have this incredible blank slate to start from. So that's interesting. And we've been at this about six months. And I'm going to say it's going to take us a year or two to really settle in to who we want to be and how that's going to work, mm -hmm. which 
is in some ways quite surprising to me and in some ways really fun. I have a question. Even though we know that George Nelson is a man. Yes. You are known for adopting female name or male names for females. For example, oh, you have yes. two dogs. You have two dogs that have what would be considered typically masculine names. So is Nelson a woman or a man? Nelson is absolutely female. Yep. The gallery is a she for sure. And I know it's kind of silly to talk about inanimate objects this way. However, um, yeah, for sure. This is a female presence. I don't know why. It's strange. I know. No, I just, I, I made the assumption she was a female. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She's for sure. And I don't know if it's because the brand uh, projects that or if it's because I know you or if it's both. Um, But yeah, it's female to me. Well, I, you know, and it's funny because I might be out on thin ice a little bit here. Brands, just like people can have both masculine and feminine traits. They can coexist. You can lean one way or the other and that's okay. And so I would say this brand has some masculine traits and some feminine traits, but I think of the gallery as a she, if I were assigning a gender to this inanimate object. Um, but I like the idea of that, that masculine leaning name and the, the name is a good story. It's, it's got a good reason behind it. So what are you looking forward to um, over the next um if you know, a couple months, what's, what's next for her? Sure. Well, at this point we are getting ready for the holiday season, having not been through a retail holiday season myself, since I was in college and working retail, I, I think it's going to be um, quite a surprise. We are entirely unsure, I guess to back up, Opening a retail presence in the middle of a pandemic when most everything is locked down throws every rule out the window. Mm-hmm. And it's been both delightful to have the space to explore and ridiculously difficult to not be able to rely on foot traffic. So we're working through trying to see what the holiday season might look like for us. We're not the kind of place where you pop in, buy something for $5 and pop out. Um, we're preparing for absolutely the unknown for me. We're taking some good advice from other people who do retail, um, trying to anticipate what the rest of downtown is prepping for. And I just have no idea what to expect. Could be terrible. It could be delightful. It could be nutty. It could be amazing. I just, I just don't know. Isn't that exciting? I just don't know. Well, I can't wait to do some of my holiday shopping there. Um, And it goes back to that, um, asking for help thing, like not knowing what to expect. We are excited because for anybody who's been in our space, the space is kind of sectioned off a little bit. And we decided to start small with the gallery. The first section of the ground floor is the gallery. The second section was intended to be more of a conference space, but we've learned that people want to keep shopping. So we are expanding into the second section of the downstairs. We're bringing in some new artists and expanding our offerings, which I'm excited about there. We are starting to host events in the space, which feels really great. It's a nice space for, you know, maybe 30, 40 people. So that will bring some life into. So we have, we have lots of little things perking up and our artists are bringing new things in all the time. And I, I love being the steward 
beautiful objects if only for it's funny because when it sells i you know i have this moment of sadness when a beautiful piece sells and i don't get to look at it anymore which is very similar to the moment of sadness i have when a really good concept doesn't get chosen for a logo mm-hmm. you know oh that was beautiful i'm gonna miss it so we'll see we'll see what these next couple of months bring with all those small changes and who knows what the holidays are going to look like well, congratulations. I'm glad that we checked in on some of your lessons learned and, and gotten to more deeply understand the, the road that you walked down to get there. Super proud of you, Shopkeep. Thanks, friend. I appreciate it. We still have two more months before we say goodbye to this year. Is it too early to be ready to achieve new things? It is never too early to set goals for next year, especially if you haven't checked in on how you're coming along with this year's goals. (laughs) All you need is some dedicated time and a notebook to make a huge difference in your next 12 months. Join us next time as we talk about planning next year like a boss.